All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Turning Left. I am Jason Allen. Of course, with me, is, as always, is Sir Richard. Hey, it's a big day in Pigville. It is a big day in Pigville. Get ready to oink, people. Now, listen, uh, a lot of people, like, emailed. They sent, you know, tweets. They did all the stuff. They said, hey, Jason, Jason, how did Sir Richard get knighted? And so, um, right now, I'm going to throw it out there. We're going we're to give up a little trade secret. Not many people know about okay? Uh, Sir Richard got knighted by the United Progressives of the Planet Earth because he made Trumper's head explode twice. No, you really did. He literally made an head explode. Yeah, I just, I just, I can't take full credit for it, but it was beautiful to see. It, it, it is a sight to behold. Hello, everybody. Uh, Going to be a little different this time. Usually, the last few weeks, I've been kind of like staring at the camera, trying to do. TV land stuff, and you know what? I said this time, screw it. We're going to go back to radio format because uh, we're going to be drilling down today, and I want to be able to uh, sound halfway articulate, not like a, uh, <laughs> not like the usual talking monkey that I sound like. Yes. Hey, that's not tried. That's not true. Yeah, you know, we all knew it was coming. Uh, we saw the warning signs, the flashing lights, saying when the uh, skinheads and the neo Nazis and the alt right shows up. Crawling out of their under their rocks, right? Something something's gonna happen, right? And so something did happen there in the uh, uh, eastern the the eastern friendly confines of Charlottesville, Virginia. Of course, you know that is the hometown of the University of Virginia. So it's kind of like this little bastion of blue in a sea of red. Yeah, you know. And uh, yep, they got together, folks. I know if you've been listening to the radio, watching TV, or whatever, you kind of know that. Uh, well, all hell broke loose, right? And uh, as a result of uh, one of the uh, Nazis, and uh, we're, I'm going to dispense call, even referring to this guy as a human being from now on. Thank you. He's just a Nazi. And uh, he uh, ran his car into two other cars, which uh, ran over uh, 32-year-old Heather Heyer. Uh, she lost her life, uh, 20 injured, and uh, including two uh, police officers who were in an observation uh helicopter that uh for whatever reason went down right so the grand total is uh three and so i wanted to get the where when how who why right out there so we all know we're all we're all on the same page because i really uh think it's important that we talk about the whys you know why why did this happen uh why is this happening now and uh really just what in the hell is going on, you know? So, folks, I know you know that you saw the uh, press conferences by uh, El Trumperino yesterday where he basically went back to his first position on Saturday and then he took it like uh, five uh, steps further, uh, actually defending alt-right groups, uh, white nationalists, uh, white supremacists, Klan guys, Anyone, basically, who's bad. Well, and we have to stop using the term alt-right. They're just bloody Nazis. Right. Or fascists. But one and the same. Right. And really, it is a direct result, folks, of... This is one of those what-did-you-expect moments, right? Correct. Here's, here's a guy that, uh, that, that dog whistles and he signals and, and to his base. 
He's done it all throughout his campaign. I mean, did you really think that he was going to change once he took the oath of office, right? I mean, anyone who's thinking that is either on acid or terminally stupid. Both are really, really bad places to be in. Or brain dead. We'll give him that, too. Yeah, okay, we can go there. Sure. Why not? Brain. Yeah, that that's one way you put it. And it, it, something that we as Americans, uh, uniquely, I believe, because of our uh, past history, uh, that we all approach it from a certain angle, and not and some of these angles are just leftovers of the 20th century and have been socially conditioned into ourselves that this is how we look at it, when really we need to start looking at it from different angles if we are ever going to progress as a people, okay? Uh, and, it, you know, all of this was not helped, but it was exacerbated and metastasized by our uh, commander-in-chief, who basically holds these views, and I'm not going to hold back. I'm, I'm going to let it all on Main Street right now. Your president is a bigot. Your president is a liar. Your president is a racist, okay? Now, people say, geez, Jason, yeah, you're just saying that because you're a lefty and yada, no, yada. His parents were both active KKK members. His father got arrested yeah. for being one. Yeah, the Klan rally, 19, what, 27, 28 or something like that? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh... But this is where we're at. This is your president, folks. I mean, you can, you can say I'm biased. You can say that uh, I'm just drinking the proverbial liberal Kool-Aid all you want. But when it's on CNN, when it's on the New York Times, when it's on ABC, CBS, NBC, fill in the blank or whatever. BBC, the, Ger uh, the, the German news, uh, news organizations all around the world. People around the world were horrified to see what that bozo didn't say and did say. Right. And one of the disturbing things, I mean, I'm, where do I go with this, right? There's like a billion things that disturb me uh, Saturday through evening. This is the icing on the disturbed cake. Right. Is the false equivalencies that have been popping up. By uh, especially by Trump, and then his White House apologists all the way down to the, you know those people on Facebook, the the annoying ones that get on there, and no matter what or what this guy says or does, you know they just stream out with their you know make America great, blah blah blah, right? More brain dead deplorables. The, the basket is overflowing at this point. Oh, that's an understatement. Uh, but the disturbing thing that I found was this: was the moral equivalency these people were trying to throw out there, and the false moral equivalency. The first one that really uh, kind of chafed my hide was this false narrative of the alt-right and the alt-left, alt what he called the alt-left. There is no alt-left. He, he's such a... Okay, the, keep right. going. What he, what he says, right? And... Uh, that they're the same, you know, the, the, this whole everyone on many sides was to blame. We need to, and that just, call it for what it is. A lie. Exactly. And. Again. Uh, again. And see, that's where stuff disturbs me because you had the anti-protesters showed up because there were Nazis there. Right? It's just like they just didn't show up because it's tourist season and they took some picnic baskets and treats and decided, hey, let's check out Charlottesville, you know? Right. So it's going on in Virginia this weekend. You know, brought to you by the Charlottesville Chamber of Commerce. Uh, but they group all together, at which uh, so you're calling people, especially a young lady who lost her life. Who are there peacefully. Peacefully, right? Getting blamed that you, you know, you just have much as much blame as skinheads. 
You know, and you didn't have your permit. Blame, yes, blame the victim, which is a sleight of hand crap trick. Right. It, 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 it's funny and ironic, don't you think, that uh, Trump, who's never ever had a permit in his life, is yelling about, well, those people, they didn't even have permits. They shouldn't, you know. Well, they wouldn't have been, hey, a hole. Oh, hey, that was head. close. I'm, I'm I making, like it. See, I'm tempering myself. I won't be so tempered. Well, you know, it is, it is a family show. Yeah, and but, you know, kids hear this by middle school, so. They're watching it on TV now. Exactly. Right? Holy cow. But this false equivalency is on many levels. First, it's the alt and right, and then there's these uh, the one that really chapped my eye because I'm, I'm a, listen, I'm a professed history geek, right? I, I majored it in college. I'm a I'm a nut for history. The the false equivalencies uh, of uh, you know the slippery slope. You know today <laughs> it's today it's uh, you know uh, Robert E. Lee and Thomas Stonewall Jackson. What's next, folks? What's next? Is it going to be is going to be Washington? Is it going to be Jefferson? That sort of stuff. It, it just it, listen. It, it makes me sick. Right uh, here, you got Robert E. Lee, who you know everyone venerates. You know he's the car of Dukes of Hazard is the General Lee, right? And this uh, he's entered this American uh, discourse in the American memory as some benevolent grandfather guy. He was who, not, and he was not. All right, he he. It, in the end, let let's get down to just basic folks. Agree, disagree on angles and semantics. Factoids, real facts. He was a general in a rebellion against the United States. They lost the war. Usually, those sort of people are not venerated. They're usually stricken off the logs of history and never mentioned again because they they were traitors to the country. Well, Grant was drunk at the time, which is why he didn't ban uh, all of the uh, Confederate flags. Mm. We won't go into Grant's drunkenness, no. But Stonewall, okay, folks, people, Stonewall Jackson, it's Stonewall Jackson. People parrot the stuff out. They have no idea who Thomas Stonewall Jackson was, right? Thomas Stonewall Jackson, when just before battle, folks, he would get up in a saddle, he would raise one hand over his head because, and I quote, it evened out the tempers and, you know, and evened everything out in his body. The guy was, the guy was a loon. He was a good tactician, right? He was a, uh... He was an uncompromising, uncon- he had no conscience when he came into battle. He total war, but he was a loon, okay? And they lost. He died. And, oh, we love, you know, we love Stonewall Jackson. Well, my attitude is, listen, the South lost because they were losers to begin with. They could have never won. They were in a, a position where their economy had already fallen apart before uh, the Civil War. So my attitude is, if you want to take those um, uh, statues, which should come down, put them in a loser's museum with a big title over, You Lost, You Suckers. Here they are if you really want to see them. And if you want to go in and scrape and bow and all that stuff to them, that's fine. It'll cost you 25 bucks to see them. I, I don't know about that. That's kind of a long title. Well, you know, we could, we could put I, it I'm, into an anachronism. So I'm, I'm, right, right. Uh, but it goes back, and this is where, folks, we need to start drilling deep on this because I've always, listen, I've always said America has done a crappy job 
about its national discourse on race. Okay, we, we, we for some, and I know, uh, and I can't say for some reason, because I know people tend to, when they see bad stuff, not confront it. They bury their heads in the sand and they say, you know, they kick it on down the road saying, oh, of course, you know, enough time goes by. It's all lost to history. Everything is fine now. Everything is great here. And folks, everything is not great. Okay. And it all comes back to how we start viewing stuff. Like when people, you see people get out there and they're, they're, they're marching, you know, and they've got the Confederate flags and they're always talking about the Southerns this and the Southern that and, you know, whatever. And it bothers me because they, they literally have no idea the premises that the Confederacy stood for. No, of course not. And the, and the flag is simply uh, a way to show that, that these people are racist and they're pro-slavery. So anybody carrying the, the Confederate flag, waving it, having it uh, tattooed on their forehead, are pro-slavery racists. They don't belong in this country. That's right. And then you start you, you start making these false equivalencies again, folks, of uh, putting, you know, the, what's next? George Washington? You know, Thomas Jefferson? Okay, yes. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were highly flawed men, okay? They were they were men. You, people wanted, like, I don't know, excused away as well, they were men of their time. Okay? Yes, they were. And they were very much so. And, y- and yes, both of them owned slaves. Yes, that is not a good thing at all. We and as in a, as a society, we shouldn't forget that, right? These are lessons that we take forward uh, to hopefully become better people. One would know? only hope. But we need to understand that, at the very least, Washington and Jefferson were at least nation builders okay washington while being a highly flawed guy uh the, these are the guys that fought the revolution thomas jefferson holy cow wrote pretty much the, the bill of rights well he and madison actually madison was the guy that penned it right. but uh uh jefferson really pushed it right and and so i of course i i have a uh, hard time with the false equivalencies of of grouping them with people like stonewall jackson and uh, Gen- general that's Robert because Lee the and, people are ignorant and uh, just it, it bugs me if we are ever going to get to a place where we we honestly look at race and we honestly look at uh what our country is and who we and mo- more importantly who we want what who and what we want it to be we're never going to get there unless we uh, face these hard truths. Uh, and let's just say we're not doing that when we have an idiot like Trump get up there and just pander to his base by uh, demagogic and, and just outright lies and views and opinions that need to go back to the 20th century and they need to be planted firmly in the ground, never to be seen again. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, it all it all comes down to uh, white, dumb white fear mm. that they're losing their country. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, folks? It's already happened. Yeah. Whites are becoming a minority in America, and it's a good thing because maybe they'll learn a little humility and decide that well, hey, I could always go back to where I came from, and I wish they would. Right. But it, it, and, and really, that all gets to me because 
you try to have an honest discourse with the Trumpers, and all they yell is their their little simple slogans, you know, make America great again. And and we've talked about it, uh, you know, ad nauseum on the show. But it's it's like when you when you spit out things like make America great again, again, I need to ask you, what America do you want to go back to that was great? Okay, do you want to go back to the Jim Crow era? Do you want to go back to antebellum slavery? Do you want to go back to segregation? What do you want to go back to? What is this making America great thing that you would want to see happen? Because if you're if if you're happy in a white America that treats other human beings subserviently and less than less than human dignity, uh, that is an America that needs to that has hopefully disappeared forever. We need to make it disappear. We need to we we, we need as as proper stewards of this country to whack it over the head with a shovel and send it back to the twentieth century. Absolutely. And uh, we uh, need to get to the heart of it and to the heart of these people who still feel that way. And in in that sense, we have seen. This weekend, and well, I mean, we've seen it many times, but I mean, we saw it on full display yesterday, the true face of Trump, right? He showed who he is, what he is, what he stands Hasn't for. Hasn't changed from what he was 15 years ago. Right. And, and so everyone draws these red lines in the sand. I've done it myself. I've fallen victim to that. The, the, all the question, right? When will the Trumpers finally... Uh, start falling away from this guy. What line, what red line in the sand can this guy step over to when you finally say to yourself, I've had enough, I can't They, they won't. Them, in right? fact, 52% of Republicans believe that we should hold, uh, halt the election in 2020 and uh, get rid of the Constitution. That is so 52% of Republicans. These are the people who used to say all the time, Better dead than red, mm. because they were fervent anti-communists. And now, look at their work. They're happy to uh, kiss face with Putin, who was the KGB, who was the arm of the Soviet Union. It's amazing. You're right. You know the. Uh you know, I, I'm a Republican. I, you know, I wrap myself in the flag. I am the patriot. You know, I'm the patriotic party, not those pinko liberals. You know, uh, I, I, you know, hot dog, Chevrolet, apple pie. You know, I, we, you know, I'm proud to be an American. You know, him and Lee Greenwood up there doing karaoke, right? <laughs> and uh, it, 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 they've sold their soul now. Whether either you're evangelical right and you sold your soul to because you at least want some sort of power, or you're a or a guy sitting in middle America, and I'm not going to dump on flyover country too much, but you, you sit there and, and you you peg this guy as your icon and your uh, your whole your pillar of what what you want America to be now, and then you find yourself you've tied yourself to a to a raving. Lunatic. Thank you. I was about ready to use the F word, you know, and thank, thank you they stepped in. Hey, but you're uh, welcome. But, you know, Trump voters, I want to talk to you for a minute, man. Are you happy that this is your guy, all right? Are you happy? Is this the candidate you voted for? Is this how you feel in your heart, right? Is, is these the values that you hold dear? Do you agree that there that the white the credo of white supremacy? Do you agree that there should be a white nationalist nation, right? Do you agree? What is in your heart, folks? We are at this... What, uh, one of the great and preeminent historians of the last 30, 40 years, Shelby Foote, asked, we are at the crossroads of our being. What do you believe? 
Do you want this to be a society and a country and a republic that eschews racist, bigoted outlooks? Do you want to do that? Do you want your kids to learn that in school? Do you want your grandparents to learn, you know, have that motto? Do you want your sisters and your brothers and your cousins and your second cousins twice removed you, you barely see at a uh, family reunion that you fling potato salad at, right? Is that what you want this country to be, right? This is Trump's true core heart. This is who he is, all right? People always thought that, you know, once he got into the office, he would somehow be magically changed, that, that the uh, position of presidency magically turns you into an altruistic leader that's always the shepherd of the great republic. Eh, once a dictator, always a dictator. But you know what? Michelle Obama is right. The presidency doesn't uh, change you. It reveals you. Yes, it does. At your heart, this is who he is, folks. At your heart, he is a racist. He's a bigot. He's a misogynist. And he is the mirror, literally mirror image of everything that is wrong in America. Yeah, just like his father and mother, both KKK members. Learned in the cradle. And, and this whole kind of philosophy now i get it's got to be a philosophy because it's not just like it's not like just talking points it's not a philosophy these people don't even understand the word philosophy yeah that's true all they understand is 30 second sound bites and a few choice phrases thrown out at them because they can't think past uh you know some make america great again well do they actually know what that means Hell no, they don't. Because uh, when was America great again? Right. I don't know. But, you know, uh, I think a lot of them would go back to 1850. Yeah, the Great Compromise of 1850. Yeah. What do you want to go back to, folks? Do you want to go back to, do you want to go back to Jim Crow? Okay. Who was that good for? Did they know what Jim Crow was? Right. Do you, yeah. do you even know where the slogan Jim Crow comes from, right? And you know what? I'm not going to tell you. Look it up. You your darn cells. Google it. That's your homework, okay? That is your homework. And and the divisive nature of those on the right, blaming fake news all the time, right? Because because they can't stand the, the light of truth. Yeah, you love America, but you are literally dismantling all the institutions that have uh, checked and balanced uh, our leaders in the past from becoming petty tyrants and Caesars, you know? Yep. And meanwhile, you know, fake news. This, I mean, look at his look at his conference on Tuesday. He was literally insulting the people, asking, "You're fake news." You know, if you if you ever report it, because I don't believe you are, because you're fake news. I mean, hey, the guy every morning, the guy has a file of stuff sent to him by his staff that says, oh, show me the people uh, that are favorable and love me, and that's the first thing he reads. He doesn't read the security reviews, daily security reviews that they're supposed to read. He doesn't read anything about the military updates that he's supposed to read. He doesn't read anything other than what he can stuff in his head, which is so far buried up his ass, who knew that he could actually fit it in there? Right. Uh, what, what are we, a banana republic, folks, where, I mean, if this was the porn industry, right, the, 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 the file of the, of the feel-good stories, it, we, they would be as fluffer. 
Yes, uh, definitely. And uh, Google that, too. Unfortunately, and, you know, America is on the fast track to becoming a third world country. The rest of the world has given up on us. They don't respect yeah. us. They don't. They aren't going to do anything with us. And, uh, you know, welcome to having lower socioeconomic levels because that, that's what you're going to be hit with. Right. And so in this whole blaming fake news and the constant muddying and the constant assault on the press and, and the uh, other institutions is just, it's tearing us down, folks. It's tearing us down as a people, right? And when we get torn down to that degree, we stop referring to people that we may disagree with and and it's no longer... We can agree to disagree. I understand it's, what you're saying. It becomes saying. them and us. Exactly. The core device of nature, it turns into us and them. And then when we got a us and them, let's throw in race. All right? Well, it, you know, you want to dehumanize them. Because right. we, us, are the only real humans. The rest of them are scum. Right. It, folks, uh, I, I think that... Uh, as a primer, your homework until next week is I want you to go to vice.com and I want you to sit down and watch about a 22-minute, 15-second video uh, that they have uh, put out. Um, wisely, they sent cameramen and videographers to Charlottesville. Uh, they were there during the whole thing. They sat down with many of the protagonists, the uh alt-right people and ask them the questions that that are on everyone's mind. Why do you believe what you believe? What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? What's your goals? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, we should, should note that and, uh, the Nazis and fascists brought weapons. Sure, they did. And, and, of course, Trump comes back with, well, the other side, who's just as much to blame, brought weapons too well listen if you're gonna if you are gonna go to a rally and you're gonna go to a protest and you know the people are gonna be packing guns knives or whatever uh even people who would never think about arming themselves have to at least take a closer look at doing that because no one wants to lose their life right over this stuff uh so <laughs> We need to look at race head-on. We, we need finally our national discussion and national discourse. We need to take an honest look about what it is, what it is and what it means to be an American and what, what, the, what, the, what the face of America looks like. Well, you know, mostly racists are racist because they're afraid. They are so full of fear and paranoia because someone other than what they look like in the mirror could be in a position of power that that sends them over the edge not to mention yeah. that they haven't kept up most of these folks if you ask them what a computer was or if they have the internet or any of that kind of stuff they go well not really uh, they've been left behind economically yeah. and digitally so they have nothing to lose right and, and i tried for a while after the election to understand, you know, because there are people out there that were looking to this guy and they got sold a bill of goods. You know, the economy in their area is crap. Their jobs are gone. This guy says he's going to bring everything back with his magic wand and make everything better. But at the heart of it, folks, when we get down to issues, core, deep, emotional issues of race, 
economics, as important as it is, turns in, turns into an excuse. You cannot excuse hating another pan's another man's uh, skin color and ethnicity because you lost your jobs and and they're not coming back. Yeah, and there's a lot of jobs. I mean, the 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 fields are rotting with fresh produce, yeah. and the reason why is because Americans are too wimpy to go out and pick in the fields. They don't want those jobs, but then they don't want the immigrants who the United States brought in in 40 uh, to help do the same thing. And so food prices are going to go up because Americans will not work in the fields. So you're going to see a spike in food prices. So the people who it's going to hurt the worst, of course, are the poor who can't afford the enormous rise in prices. Right. Uh, But economics aside, because I, I, I don't want to get things too jumbled up, because uh, we try to use, then we use those as false equivalencies, right? Yeah, but they and aren't. They're just fact. Exactly. And, and uh, has uh, economics shouldn't have anything to do with how you view a, a person's skin color and their ethnicity. Let's, let, let, let's, folks, you Trumpers, let's set that aside because that, that dog will not hunt. Of course, you're expecting that they understand what economics actually is. Well, that's, that's true. Uh, but I want to, folks, right now, I'm going to do something unheard of, uh, something that is probably going to shock a lot of people. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because uh, it, it's what I truly believe, and I, I want to get it out there. Better than a cattle prod. Right. Better than blunt force trauma. I want to thank President Trump. Yeah, you heard me right. I want to thank President Trump. I want to thank him. Uh President Trump, you have done an invaluable national public service by uh, what you've done over the weekend and yesterday. I want to thank you from, from the sub-cockles of my heart. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for showing who you really are. I think you've done us a great service by uh, openly defending racists and anti-Semites and fill-in-the-blanks. Uh, I want to thank you. For being a racist, you know, you have set the issue firmly down in front of us, you know, in front of God and everybody, right? So now that we can no longer, you know, talk about the weather and put our heads in the sand and not and, and not uh, get to uh, one of the core divisive issues that we have kicked the can down through every generation. That should have been handled at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That should have happened when we wrote the Bill of Rights. That should have happened when we uh, put together the Constitution. We didn't. And then we had the Civil War, which was supposed to end all of that. Okay, It was supposed to preserve the Union and, and get rid of slavery and, and, as Lincoln said, a new birth of freedom. We, who, who was a Republican? Who was a Republican. And then we... Uh, Ended Reconstruction on a really bad note because the Southerners didn't didn't feel that they wanted to truck with all of that. Uh, we fought two world wars, the second one ending Nazism and National Socialism and everything that's bad in society that Hitler and his henchmen and his minions stood for. Millions of people died for that. 
we went through segregation in the Jim Crow era where, where young African-American people, young and old, were had fire hoses turned on them in the street and bitten by dogs and beaten up and bloodied. They weren't allowed to go to the same school. They weren't allowed to ride the same buses. They weren't, they weren't allowed to sit down in the same diners and drink a glass of water if their skin was tan. Or bathrooms, drinking fountains, the list goes on. And so we need... We need finally to recognize this as a country. We need to sit down and we need to figure out what sort of country we are going to be. And we need to take this national demon of racism and bigotry. And we need, as I said before, we need to hit it over the head of the shovel and finally send it back into the ash heap of history where it belongs for the rest of all time. We need to do this, folks. We are ending a crossroads. You've seen the device of nature going on since this man made his entrance into politics for the stupid birther. Who in their right mind would believe that the president wasn't wasn't uh, born in America, right? They, and they they tear him down, and they and they you know he's no longer human. He's just this foreigner who just he came in here and he's trying, and people suckered in and they believed all that crap. And it, and it uh, small minds lead to stupidity, right? Which which grows hate groups like the white nationalists and the alt right movement and the Richard Spencers of the world, right? And and they are no longer folks. They are no longer wearing their white hoods. Remember in the old days, the old black and white, you know, D. W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, you know, and you see all these little newsreel rallies of of hooded guys marching through the streets and their lighted crosses and all that. And but they're all wearing hoods, right? They didn't want you to know who they were. They wanted to work in silence. They wanted to work in the shadows. They wanted to uh, be terrorists. Be terrorists, right? Which is what they did. They were terrorists. But folks, they're no longer. They're no longer doing this. They are right out there on Main Street now. They they have seen the green light from our president, and they've seen the silence come from the right that gives them their cue that obviously, well, say, what I believe now, I guess I can get out there and it's, it's mainstream now, right? When it's out in the open where they we are proud of who they are and what they stand for. And in your face, right? There's no bones about it. They make no bones about this is what we believe. You will either believe it or... Die. Exactly. So, folks, we are at a national crossroads of who we are and what we believe. You know, I hope that this uh, crossroads won't be an armed and violent one. But it's going to be a reckoning, a reckoning of some sort. I hope that we have grown as a uh, country and a society to the point where we can sit down and we can hash this over and we can come to a consensus with words and ideas and not by violence and hate. You know, I, I hope we can do that. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, sir. Everything I've seen so far, I have grave doubts. I do, too, because I don't think those people know how to listen, nor do they have enough cognitive ability to see what they're doing to future generations. And we've got to end the false narrative, right, that it's more than just race. It's economic and cultural. I had a... I had a uh, a old history professor, and I remember I, I it's seared into my brain. I remember sitting after class and we're talking about stuff. You know, it was it was a course on in on anti antebellum slavery, not 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 the Civil War itself. After the Civil War, right? But it was the causes, the socioeconomic, and everything that went into the building up of that up to the Civil War, all through the you know the compromises, eighteen fifty, the bleeding Kansas, all that stuff. 
And I, I, I told him, surely we will never, ever have to deal with this again, right? Right? We'll never have to deal with this again. And what got seared in my head was his, uh, his take on it. And he said, you know, Jason, if you ever hear phrases like uh, defending our culture, defending our heritage... If all of that stops becoming a fringe and moves into the stream, uh, the mainstream, uh, hold on to your hat. <laughs> you know, hold on to your whatever you want, right? If, and what did we hear in Trump's thing on Tuesday? He got up there and he kind of, you could tell it was a stream of consciousness thought and he was tripping over words and he came out with the line, you know, they're trying to change our history and they're trying to change our culture. And when I heard that, I was sitting there, and I had my nine-year-old daughter. She was sitting next to me, and she was kind of entranced by all this because she could see that I was a little... Uh, upset. Upset. Uh, highly annoyed. Highly, you know. And uh, when, I, when, I, when I heard that, the antenna went up. Whoop! You know, and that, that was the first thing that I thought of. All those years ago, when a kindly, you know, a university professor says, hey, you know, be, be aware of when you start hearing this in the national discourse, look at back at 1850, 1855, 1859, where we need to preserve our national heritage, you know, our southern, southern rights. Southern well, I, I actually have a solution. And, that, and that's to, when Mueller comes out and says, yes, Trump was guilty of collusion. Yeah. He should be tried for treason and shot, along with Pence, McConnell, who is dirty also, and Ryan. Let's change the whole system of people who are, have sold out for greed, for fanaticism, and the fact that they're willing to sell the country down the road to make a point. So Tillerson, who is another Nazi, and DeVos, whose brother runs Blackwater, and you name it, Jeff Sessions, who's an avowed KKK member and has been a bigot for years, they should all be shot for treason. They have taken this country and turned it into something that it was not. The Bill of Rights is endangered, folks. So either you get up and do something, or you can kiss your ass goodbye. Because the country you knew will not be here in 10 years if you let these monsters take hold of it and delude you with a dog and pony smoke and mirrors show. Uh, Your children will be enslaved. Amen. And I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I, folks, uh, this show will end in roughly 15 minutes, okay? You will go on with your lives. You will uh, pick up, you know, you, you will deliver your kids somewhere. You'll go shopping. You'll do whatever it is you do in your world. I will, too. Sir Richard will, too. Doc will, too. We all will. But this isn't going away. And I'm not going to stay quiet and watch it happen. Exactly. Uh, folks... Uh, the most weirdest question and surreal question you can ask yourself is how did we get to this point? And by the time you ask that and try to come up with answers, sometimes it's too late. Sometimes you can't turn back. But we, luckily, we have these institutions, we have these checks and these balances, and we need 
to have our voices heard. We need to we need to stand up once and for all and say this is not the America that we want to live in. This is not how to make America great again. And we need uh, to have this discussion, and we need to do it soon because if we continue to let gem- demagogues and we continue to let our leaders set us, lead us down the path of uh, national tragedy. It's going to end that way. And I I know that sounds doom and gloom and, oh, my God, that's so dramatic. Come on, it ain't loud. It ain't it's not dramatic. It's, it's real. It's not that dramatic. And if you think it's not dramatic or you think that Trump's right and all this and you think that surely we're not where we are, what you're saying right now, Jason, you're full of it, Go watch the images from Charlottesville. Watch them. Sit down and watch that video on vice.com. Sit down and watch that. Go to Google. Uh, Google in Charlottesville riot photographs. And I want you to sit there and I want you to really, uh, I want you really to let it seep into your bones. I want it tattooed on your brain. Because this is what we need to uh this is what we need to come to grips with as a country. And something you can do if you really want to, you can fight back economically. So any company that employs Nazis, any, like, uh, Chick-fil-A, don't go there, don't buy their stuff, put them out of business, teach them a lesson they can't forget. Because money and business, they are friends until somebody says... You're out of business. That's right. Don't be a putz. That's right. I'm using that as a segue. I like it. You like the segue? Yeah, yeah. Which brings us to the putz of the week, Sir Richard. What is, who is the, who, geez, do we know who the putz of the week is this week? Oh, hey, it's probably pretty obvious. This week's world's greatest putz of the century, not of the year. Century goes to the undisputed moron of all time, Don the Con. Both parents were KKK members. He allows a fascist white supremacist newspaper, Breitbart, to be published from the White House, for God's sake. This is, you know, and he's surrounded himself by fascists and Nazis. They're his cabinet heads. Don the Con is a pig racist, bigoted Nazi that needs to be brought up on charges and all his assets around the world, along with the assets of all the folks who got nailed for collusion, frozen, so they have to be poor people for the rest of their lives. And maybe they'll get a sense of what the poor really have to go through, because now people only want to spit on them. One of the other things I noticed that the United States was one of three members in the United Nations that to vote against a U.N. resolution condemning the glorification of Nazism. Mm. The resolution was entitled Combating Glorification of Nazism, Neo-Nazism, and Other Practices that Combine to Fuel Contemporary Forms of Racism, Racial Discrimination, Xenophobia, and Related Intolerance. All the rest of the countries in the world voted in favor of this. The United States did not. That is such an that is a shame. Wow. Shows you where we are, folks. Yeah. In the UN, you know, you see the you have these UN memories, you know, 
the Adlai Stevenson, you know, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, standing up to the Russians, you know, right. do not wait for the translation, you tell me now, you know, and you, you see the work that the UN has done, and to know that the U.S., the, the, the paragons of all that is right with the world, right, with this, this na great national experiment of, 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 of justice and equality and everything good, to stand up and, and basically turn their back on that. Well, you know, it, it, it just if amazing. people can't be moved by anything other than their own children or grandchildren, think of it this way. By the time your children are adults, the air will not be breathable, the water will not be drinkable, the land will be polluted beyond belief because they're taking away every safeguard in the environment possible. Right. They're also disrupting the banking system by taking away all the checks and balances. So if you thought the bubble of 2008 was bad and you lost your home, it's going to be worse the next time around because the banks are going to be doing the same thing. They are ruled by none other than greed. Greed is it. It's not shareholders, folks, because shareholders can vote to say, I don't want that. But the greed-driven people who own a lot of the stock, that's the insurance companies, and uh, major state pension funds, they're the ones. So if you want to do something, get your state pension fund to disavow any company that ends up supporting all this crap and tell them that they're going to be out of business if they don't decide to figure out what's right and what's wrong. Even uh, the uh, Manufacturing Council has withered away because people couldn't believe that he was such an idiot. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. You know, I could sit there and I could listen to you for hours. It's, it's <laughs> it's, it's oh, and I'm not, I'm not half as angry as I feel inside. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, this was one of the few times uh, the, when we, you know, since we started the show here that uh, I've actually had to literally temper myself from go back, you know, step away from the ledge from just flinging out some, uh, uh, some vitriolic yeah. four-letter words. Yes, but you know what? Our president does it. Why shouldn't everybody else? Yeah. And he's not my president either. He's a dumb shit. Well, Instead of uh, instead of fake news, I I propose that he's a fake president. But we'll we'll, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, this week, folks, uh, we're running a little bit behind the time, so I want to do the cause of the week. I want to get it out there. This is a very special cause of the week this week because it hits very very close to home. Um, there is a local singer, uh, a local mother, a local uh, songwriter, a local artist. Her name is. Uh, Christine Whitfield, she is a lead singer of the band Sugar Teas. Uh, over the past uh, five years on another show, I got to know her and her family very, very well. Uh, she has stage four cancer. She's had it for uh, uh, every, you know at least five years. Uh, I got the word this last week that um, there was a GoFundMe page set up and the ominous title of that is One Last Wish, so you can see where this is going. Uh, she has been a fighter, she's been a warrior, she has been, uh, had more grace than I ever would in, in that situation, uh, and she's she's handled it all uh, 
like an angel. Uh, so we've uh, a uh, friend has set up a GoFundMe page, and uh, before uh, the end comes, she would like to visit her family one last time. Unfortunately, uh, medical expenses, as you can imagine, stage four cancer or well, they're debilitating. And so uh, I think we've gotten that set up on the screen here, coming up here, that we can show you it is. There it is. Let's, let's have, her, have that pop up. There's Christine. And uh, folks, whether it be a dollar, whether it be two, or whatever, uh, I usually, when we do Cause of the Weeks, we usually do, you know, it's usually a... Uh, a uh, non-profit or it's a uh, organization organization or it's a charity of some sort uh, every cent in this case literally every penny that you decide you want to do goes directly to her uh, for her last I guess hurrah so to speak uh, and she is she is a simply amazing woman and uh, I can't say en enough good things and I don't want to uh, start going down that road, especially on the air, because no one wants to see a, a, a fat, bald man weave. It's not, it's, it's not photogenic, folks. So uh, you can, uh, the link is up on the uh, Turning Left page right now uh, for the GoFundMe, and we can pop that up on the screen again real quick. Uh, and I uh, entreat you to give what you can and... Uh, have this, uh, have this wonderful, amazing lady uh, have her one last wish. Great idea. So do, do it to it now, folks. And the uh, uh, last thing we're going to talk about tonight is uh, the Turning Left book endorsement. And hey. I, I wanted to, and I had to, I had to really cram it real quick because I want to make sure they at least read what I'm about ready to espouse, right? Uh, this book's and it's quite appropriate to what we've been talking about today. It is uh, written by uh, a just a fantastic, uh, insanely smart uh, instructor out of Emory University. Her name is Carol Anderson, and she's written this book. Uh, it's called White Rage, The Unknown Truth of Our Racial Divide. Okay. From the Civil War to our combustible present, acclaimed historian Carol Anderson reframes our continuing conversation about race, chronicling the powerful forces opposed to black progress in America. As Ferguson, Missouri erupted in August 2014, the media commentators across the ideological spectrum referred to the angry response of African Americans as black rage. Historian Carol Anderson wrote a remarkable op-ed in the Washington Post suggesting that this was, instead, white rage at work. With so much attention on the flame, she argued, everyone has ignored the kindling. In other words, how, how have we got there? Uh, carefully linking uh, historical flashpoints, uh, when social uh, progress for African Americans was countered by the deliberate and cleverly crafted opposition, Anderson pulls back the veil that has long covered actions made in the name of protecting democracy, fiscal responsibility, and protection against fraud, rendering visible the long lineage of white rage, compelling the, and dramatic in the unpeachable history it relates. White rage will add an important new dimension to the national conversation about race and work. It is a, uh, it is a, a wonderful book. She, uh, uh, she is a fantastic writer. 
And uh, folks, I, I highly, highly, highly endorse White Rage, the unspoken truth of our racial divide. You can get it at Amazon, any major bookstore, anything like that. Uh, hey, you know, you're on vacation, you're sitting around, you don't want to read comic books, right? Get out there and read and actually something you can learn something from, right? So there you go. And, and, and I just have to get people to realize this is no joke. This is not going away. It's going to take you getting off your ass and doing something because it's your children and your grandchildren. They will suffer for what you did not do. Get out there. Resistance is never futile. Enough people get out there. Take your country back to the path it was on. One where there were inclusiveness, growth, and economic prosperity for all. Didn't matter on what color you were. Right. If you don't get out there, your children and grandchildren will revile you for doing nothing. Yeah, and if you think that this is just a one-shot thing, folks, if you think Charlottesville is a, a standalone thing, it's surely... And, you know, surely now that this ugliness has reared its head, we, we will, you know, bend the knee to our, you know, the angels of our better nature. You're surely, mis surely mistaken. No, uh, it's going to happen again and again and again. It's going to get bigger and uglier. It is. Uh, our, already the uh, alt-right movement and uh, Richard Spencer and his cronies, David Duke and his cronies, already they have uh, announced that there are going to be rallies held in such cities as Boston, uh, uh, San Francisco, Berkeley, uh, Los Angeles. They're, they're even going to go... They're going to go to Chicago, and I can see how that's going to go down. Not very well. And uh, they, there's also a, it's almost like it's an unholy North American tour, right? It's war. Atlanta, Charleston, uh, Miami. So this stuff is coming to your town, folks. What you thought that was far away, uh, th this show comes out of Portland, Oregon, right? And so when you see stuff in Charlottesville, you, you see stuff that's going on on the other side of the country. Surely this ain't going to happen where we are. Oh. Sure, surely this is just somebody else's mess. Folks, it's coming to your city, whether it, you like it or not. It's war, folks. You better get used to that. It is war. And it, it, it all comes down to are you going to stand silent while all this uh, occurs? Because any silence to these sort of people who uh, propagate hate and... Hate and, and uh, White nationalism and what white superior and all whatever that crap is, uh, they take silence as collusion. They take absolutely. Si they take silence as a green light. Well, see, they're not saying nothing, so obviously it must be okay. You saw that on full display the second Trump shut his pie hole and did and said base you know basically defended these people. David Duke gets on there and tweets you know thank you Mr. Trump for for sharing the truth you know, about Charlottesville. And so if you think that this isn't going to come rear its head, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, these people think it's a green light. They think it's a cue. They think it's, you know, an open uh, invitation to spread their disease. And 
I, I don't use this real lightly, and I, I, I kind of step away from uh, hyperbole of this, but it is. It's a cancer. Yes, and folks, you better arm yourself, because they already are. And I've been seriously considering, being a pacifist all my life, of going out and, and buying a pump-action shotgun mm. with as much ammo as I possibly can, because nobody is going to hurt my children or my family, or are they going to tread on my property? Right. So I plan, I'm planning to become an armed person who will not go lightly. Right. Hey, folks, if, if, you do want, if you don't want to get to that point and you want to try to turn this around now, I, I truly, yes, I'm, you, this has been kind of a cynical uh, show today but I, I truly believe that if we all stand up we can turn it around if you if you don't want to arm yourself at least arm yourself with knowledge get out there and start paying attention to the stuff start reading these books start uh, talking to your neighbors just watch the TV news and watch what they do right it's start attending uh, civic and your local civic meetings start taking a, a more active, uh, role in in your life and an active role in society and that's how seriously folks that's how we move mountains okay that is how we can change stuff we as americans we we have done it before we if you want us to leave you on a good note right you want that you want at least a shred of optimism i'm gonna leave you with this if we can all stand up me too right me too sir charles doc everybody if we can all stand up and say enough if we all stand up and we, 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 we cast aside all the division, we cast aside all the hate, we cast aside all the bigotry, we can truly move mountains. We've done it before. America is an exceptional place. At, at, at heart, the best, the, the best of America is unequaled in the world. We can, we can do it. And you cannot pray this away, folks. You have to get out there and do things. Right, and... Uh, on that note, you can't pray it away, but you can you can do as uh, Saint you know Saint Paul said, uh, you know, strap your actions along with your prayers and fight the good fight. And so, from all of us here at the Newsbox Studios here in beautiful Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, I want to wish you all a great rest of the week and. Uh, Barring a national catastrophe or me coming down with a sudden uh, case of leprosy, we will be here next week <laughs> ready to go. And I'm working on some guests, and they're going to blow your mind, and it's going to be good. And so hopefully we'll have some surprises starting next week, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. Great. And share what you've heard on this show with all your friends and neighbors. Get them to dial in because the more people who listen to this and finally wake up, the better. You know what? You've done. Uh, you've done. Listen, I am the worst networker in history, and uh, do exactly what Sir Richard said. If you like the show at all, get on there, share it on your Facebook, share it on your social media, share it on your uh, the group online groups you may belong to. Uh, email us, uh, turning left, uh, turning left radio gmail.com. You can get a hold of us that way, or you can uh, find us on Twitter. We're there at turning left PDX. Uh, you get on there, give us a question, give us a comment. Uh, 
and uh, help us uh, help us send a message. Right, simple as that. So see you next week. Bye bye.